millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello. Now, we were just saying literally before we hit the record button that Infinity Ward, we're doing so well. So well. They came so, so close well. to greatness, Scott, and now they've messed it up. They spent the entire past week just making one mistake after the other. It's not just Infinity Ward, of course. It's Activision, yep. you know, with the leaks that they're going to have pay-to-win um, weapons locked behind loot boxes, That the fact that um, survival mode is now an exclusive. They yep. just made a series of mistakes, and the sort of fan community has responded you know, with a uh, pretty major backlash and kind of yes. soured the whole thing. Which is, I mean, it's like, it's it's such, a, it, we have it every year. There's always yeah. something, like, with Black Ops 4, it was post-release, there was all that, it was like, oh my God, it's a way better game at launch, don't worry. And all the different uh, microtransactions that came in after the fact, all the different storefronts and whatever. And um, this time around, the beta was received extremely positively. Yep. I came out of that thinking, this year is going to be brilliant, I'm going to play so much Call of Duty, and I still plan on doing that stuff. But then there's all this additional stuff with these, like you said, the survival mode going exclusive, um, and a fandom that is just, infuriated with the state of affairs yes. I totally I've seen one of the developers respond and just say look can you tone down the death threats for the love of God mm. totally on their side for that stuff yeah. um, but there are legitimate things to bring up in terms of the mishandling of what could be the best Call of Duty in years well this is what I'm going to get to there was an actual uh, a leak the other day from the gaming revolution who was the Call of Duty insider who mm. actually leaked um, the pay to win microtransactions in the first place right. they have updated um, their Twitter and said that quote Activision and Infinity Ward apparently recently held a big meeting regarding my recent post about supply drops. The gist <laughs> of it is that they've lost a ton of pre-orders with the recent news of survival being delayed by a year on PS, PC and Xbox One, mm-hmm. and the microtransactions news, and are thinking about giving the player the options to earn them again. Okay. Nothing regarding microtransactions is set in stone, and like I've said countless times before, they are in a constant work in progress. But my Ugh. source wanted to let the community know that they really do care. There's two, there's two parts to this. Come on. The, I mean, I'm going to go with the second thing first. I, I am sick of developers and publishers saying that it's a work in progress. Like, yeah. No, you know, there's there's a ludicrous amount of data available at this point. A ludicrous amount across years worth of these games being released. Because um, that same thing just happened in, in Gears 5. Rod Ferguson got out there saying the Gears 5 storefront is a work in progress. Why? Why is it a work in progress? You yeah. know exactly what you're putting out. You know exactly what you're charging. And there are plenty of test cases to look back on. Just look at everything Ubisoft. Well, well, there you go. That's, that's where the cynic in me comes out because the same sort of excuse was rolled out <laughs> when MK11 had yes. their sort of initial uh, microtransaction, mm-hmm. you know, controversy when the grind was too much. Mm-hmm. And they were just kind of saying, well, we're, 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 we don't know. We don't know. We're going to tweak it, obviously. We're just seeing what works. And it's like, you know what works. Yes. You know, you rigorously tested the system over and over again to the point where you think you've got it 
right so that you know players won't be annoyed that they have to pay, mm-hmm. but they still feel like they should. They pay. also get to cash in on that initial window as well because yeah. they get to crank everything up. It annoys everybody, and then they get to sort of try and play the good card. Oh, we're here for you guys. We're gonna we're gonna make yeah. it all work. And it's like, yeah, you're gonna make it work after you've cashed in. Yes, well, that's it. The work in progress is never sort of presented as um, you know, it's never sort of oh, we're gonna find out what's best for you. It's more we, <laughs> we're gonna see how much we can get away with, mm-hmm. and then if you guys get annoyed, we'll we'll change it then. But it does sound like Activision and Infinity Ward are, you know, finally listening. It took losing pre-orders to get to that point. That's what'll do it. I wonder how it's going to change because, it, like you said, Infinity Ward themselves as a company released a big step, and I think it was mm. on Friday, sort of like laying it all out, saying, "Look, we hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We are, we want to be receptive." but please also stop being very toxic. And that's <laughs> that's the frustrating thing when it comes to all of these backlashes because you have you know, the genuinely positive discourse of, mm. look, this ain't right, mm-hmm. you've got to fix it with people who are just really terrible and abusive and toxic and poisonous to actual human people who yes. don't deserve the brunt of it. And, assumedly, and you would like to hope that that doesn't represent the majority. I have to, no, I'm yeah. just going to go with the assumption that it doesn't represent the majority. But the way to get this, these people to react to this stuff is to cancel pre-orders, yeah. is to you know provide a uh, financial reality to um, the decisions that they're making. That's the only thing that these companies are ever going to respond to. And like if that's, this meeting is true and everything, then that is a direct causality. Like The amount of pre-orders that must have been cancelled in the wake of that survival mm-hmm. um, mode being uh, you know tied to an exclusive thing, you would immediately go and cancel your pre-order. And, like, and it's such a mess because you have, it's so very naked obvious that uh, disconnect between the publishers and the developers with um, the money hungry side of Activision saying you know we're going to do these loot boxes we want to have these exclusive modes do these different deals with different platform holders and the developers are the ones that bear the brunt of it they yeah. have to get out there and do the sort of the messages and the comments and everything saying because they literally said oh it's above our pay grade and it's like you can't get more honest than that of just them just saying look we're trying to make a game and everything above us is kind of messing with it and, and yeah. ooh, that's but, that's always why it's so annoying exactly what you just said because you feel like the developers are even in the most high profile file kind of, you know, focused, tested games, mm. they are still putting their all into trying to make them good, into trying to make them special. Like, uh-huh. developers care a lot about games, especially when it comes to, like, sort of this Call of Duty, which you can tell has a lot of passion behind it, but uh-huh. then you just get, like, those business decisions that seem totally crowbarred in there, <laughs> that they can't really help, and they're just sort of watching their oh. work of art, I guess, just get, like, you know... Bastardized. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think of like, because going forward, like, obviously the sort of general framing of this modern warfare was this kind of soft reboot, they're bringing the campaign back, and they're doing all these different moves to sort of rekindle that love that everybody had back until 2007, 2009, and um, for the original modern warfare games. How much do you feel like, is, do you think it's easy to pass this stuff out and be like, well, at least there's still a campaign, at least there's a functional multiplayer, or does this stuff just kind of just get in the way of everything? I don't think so. I think it does sort of get in the way, especially mm. when you're playing it, because I can, you know, disconnect from this and buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare and have a good weekend with it. Mm. But I'm, I feel like I'm an anomaly. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm someone who jumps into these games, you know, for very short-term bursts, mm-hmm. whereas people will play them all, you know, until the next one comes out. True. And it's going to be those people, the people who care the most, who mm-hmm. get burned in the long run, because the microtransactions will be in there, but they probably won't come until a couple of weeks after the game's launched. Mm-hmm. And then who knows how bad they're going to get, because Black Ops 4's got really, really bad. Yes. So things are going to change. I don't think it's something you could just overlook because this game isn't just sort of going to come out in a kind of vacuum. It's mm-hmm. going to be something that lives and breathes oh, an event, for a whole yeah. year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, Stuff like the um, the weapon loot boxes as well. Like, yeah. Because I mean, you could, like, I mean, I'm going to go like uh, assumptive, almost cartoonify uh, Activision's executives, but you can kind of imagine having a boardroom being like, 
what if we put the weapons in loot boxes? And then someone did the other little high five, they all get their triangular sandwiches in, and they all think that like, <laughs> that's the way forward. They fold the ham over and they have a bit of that. Uh-huh. You know, and it's just like you can see them playing with the idea of getting away with as much as possible. Um, I mentioned this on like another video of just that, you know, loot boxes and microtransactions and all this sort of stuff. I have to hope we'll die with the next generation. It'll have to be reined in. But it very much feels like a race to the bottom. Where yeah, it feels yeah. like every company is like, let's just see how much we can get away with because these things are gonna go away anyway. And with the general speed of like discourse in, you know, online and social media and everything anyway, they can just do horrific crap, you know, con- consumer abusive stuff with words that I can't see on YouTube. I like that. And they'll fix it later. And like, you know, and by then the spotlight's moved on and we're on to the next thing and whatever. And yeah. it's just it's just bad to see. It's one of those things where I'm not never gonna tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do with their oh. money, but it seems like, you know, we, we do kind of I'm not gonna buy Shovel Knight. Buy Shovel Knight. Oh yeah, mate. That's oh. not even that's not even the point. What I was gonna say is we live in sort of like, you know, a pre-order culture where yes. these companies rely so heavily on getting that money and getting those numbers in early so they have their projections that they can mm. relate to shareholders and have a sort of you know understanding of how a game is going to sell so that's where when when that changes like we've seen here when mm. pre-orders are cancelled and they are forced to kind of you know change their forecasts and stuff that's when they start getting cold feet yeah. backlash you know some kind of good discourse is of course like it's important in mm. getting people to listen and to change, but you know, I feel like going for the wallet, going for those pre-orders is where for the you know jugular. that's what makes the higher ups listen. Of course, the people yeah. in Infinity Water are going to be receptive to feedback and stuff because you know they are they have a human face, they yeah. are there as their own people. But Activision is this kind of nebulous, executive-driven sort of like Puppets. conglomerate. You know, they don't have really uh, like spokespeople. They are just Activision as a sort of entity, mm-hmm. and they only respond to cancelled pre-orders. By yeah. the which lets it. them get away with so much more. Like the and, and they can sort of implement these like studio-wide policies. But it's strange with Call of Duty in particular because obviously we have annual installments. So you would assume that at this point they would know that there's going to be a dedicated fandom that's going to pick up each Call of Duty every year and they can maximize that profit window. Mm-hmm. I don't know or get why they feel the need to try and exploit certain little pockets of that. It's like, well, what else can we squeeze out of yeah. it? Like you already have a cycle in place. And, and for the most part, the fandom is acceptable and um, you know, appreciative of that. Um, the campaign was something that kind of went by the wayside last year. But like I feel like... Like, for the most part, as a Call of Duty fan or whatever, I'm happy with an annual cycle. Yeah. And I don't mind them trying to, you know, obviously monetizing that cycle, but I just don't see the, like I said, the need to sort of try and take advantage of a consumer base that is so invested in the first place. Just yeah. release a game every year. It's not hard. You've been doing it for so long at this point. And I th- actually, I think you've just exactly got it on there when you said they've been doing it for so long at this point. Not only have they been now. releasing annual games that are, for the most part, very good, but mm-hmm. I feel like until this game, and I guess Black Ops 4's mm-hmm. um, late stage, of its life. They've just gotten away with this stuff. They've had all of these sort of loot boxes in there, these microtransaction systems mm. in there, and they've just kind of gotten away with it because yeah. the focus has been on EA or 2K or some other publishers, and they've just kind of slipped under the radar because Call of Duty is so big and everyone plays it that it's just kind of, it was accepted, mm-hmm. and now I don't think it is anymore, and especially when it comes to sort of stuff like survival mode being an exclusive that mm. just adds to the pile, and it's sort of, I feel, feel like we've got to a Battlefront 2 moment where <laughs> these systems aren't new. Mm. But now they've got to a kind of breaking point in this game. Yeah, man. Well, we did a, we did a chat on another video called "The Epidemic of Safe Video Games" and how like a lot of big tier publishers, it always feels like they have like the baton of hate. It's yeah. just sort of like whoever the spotlight's on, it's like, oh, oh, sorry, no, we'll we'll rein our practices back, and then someone else picks it up, and they get away with a whole bunch of stuff, and then we all shift the spotlight as consumers onto them, and they go, oh god, no, sorry, and it passes on to someone else. You know, Bethesda, 2K, Activision, EA, like it's all of them, and they all go around in a circle, and it's like at the minute they're trying to get away with something. I was going to say heinous there, something ridiculous <laughs> for this year's Call of Duty, and 
like obviously this is the spotlight being shone on them. So yeah. they only have a couple of months to um, rein it in, as, as it were. Um, but as it is right now, everyone's very vocal about it, and hopefully that'll lead to a better product. Yeah. So yeah. I just want like clear messaging because, like mm. you said, we're what a month away from launch. I think it's October twenty fifth when it comes out. Isn't it's, that soon? It's very soon. They have no time at all. Well, to <laughs> so we don't know. Yeah. Like like they said, like, it's a work in progress, mm. and yet we're quite close to launch, and we don't officially know. Mm-hmm. We probably won't know until it comes out. Like at least like maybe a month after it comes mm. out, when these things finally start trickling in. We won't know if they've changed it. Maybe the backlash has died down by then. Maybe the game is really good and we've all just kind of, you know, forgotten and now that the headlines have moved Ugh. on, they might just feel confident of implemented how it was going to be. Probably. I have no idea. I mean, obviously, like as a closing thing, like the game is solid. Um, mm. It reminds me of what happened with Battlefront 2, where if a publisher needs something to happen, they can just gut a bunch of systems out there. The whole, yeah. you know, fact of a live service is that you can just tweak things literally on the fly. Um, that obviously killed Battlefront 2's initial reception, even though it clawed it back years later. I don't want that to happen with this year's Modern Warfare because there's so much promising stuff at the core of the game. But whatever, let us know what you think down in the comments below of Modern Warfare so far and the various practices that are being discussed. For now, though, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. I need a Wii. I really need a Wii. Do you need a Wii? Yeah. Hold on. I'm boosting mine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.